What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another bonus round episode of the Not Your Average Nerds podcast. On tonight's episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 14 of The Mandalorian. My name is Rudy Vela, and joining me today is none other than Mr. Joel Wagner. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm doing well. Can't wait to discuss some more Grogu hijinks and uh, <laughs> Mandalorian goodness. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who uh, did not Get a chance to uh, watch or listen to, not watch, uh, audio podcast, you know. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't have the chance to listen to last week's episode, our first bonus round episode of this podcast, head back to our library and uh, yeah, you'll just find it right there. It will start off with bonus round and then it'll have the title. But we discussed the last three episodes leading up to chapter 14 of The Mandalorian. And yeah, it's just a good time. So if you want to catch up on our thoughts and discussion of this uh, season two of Mandalorian, make sure to head back over there. But just to start off a couple of uh, disclaimers for you all. First off, this podcast will more than likely contain some language that is not suitable for everybody. So always like to get that out of the way, bad words incoming, just, uh, you know, deflect if you need to. Um, and second, this episode will be heavy in the uh, spoilers department. So if you have not watched chapter 14 of the Mandalorian exit now <laughs> exit stage left you're, you're right late. <laughs> yeah you're also late go leave this right now go watch the Mandalorian then come back and listen to this because we're gonna how dare you now watch it on Friday come on hey I just told you I had to watch well, it on Saturday <laughs> I mean or Saturday or Saturday thanks you made me feel better now <laughs> but yeah so uh just letting you all know there will be some spoilers coming up ahead and um yeah i guess uh let's jump into it so um yeah season two has been crazy so far i mean they they definitely said fuck a filler episode like they they That's are i'm saying they're not messing was, around no filler no <laughs> filler at all it was all just let's go right to that planet let's have some action and let's just get this done <laughs> all meat baby all meat i don't know i at, at this point i feel like I need a cigarette, you know, I need to, I need to catch my breath. <laughs> I'm not ready for round two yet. I need to breathe a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we'll, we'll go into it at some point, probably during the end of the episode. But um, I think the next episode might be a little tiny bit more filler heavy than this past one. They, they can't, there's no way they can do another episode of just nonstop <laughs> action and story like that. As you say that, possible. as you say that, Dave Filoni is putting out his cigarette and getting back to the writing room as we speak. <laughs> he says, hold my beer. Um, no, it's funny because after the Ahsoka episode, I remember thinking, you know, there's no way they're going to start with the, the planet Tython immediately. That'll mm -hmm. probably be the last part of the episodes. They get there and then, they, you know, the cliffhanger is putting Baby Yoda on the pedestal, you know? And they're like, nope, we'll do that in the first 10 minutes, please. <laughs> and they just went right to it immediately. It was crazy. Yeah, no, this, this episode was definitely another big episode for a number of reasons. Like, I mean, it was, it was just huge overall. And like you said, yeah, they, they kind of rushed to it. They just, before the socks got off, they jumped in bed because they just, they needed to get that part out of the way so they can introduce everything else that they had coming for us yeah yep so I, I don't know i don't know if it was the same for you but my first poll from this episode 
was before we even got to Tython. And it was because I was kind of caught off guard. And it was it was on the Razor Crest. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> I'm just going to throw yeah, that out right. there. <laughs> but yeah, on the Razor Crest, we get another first from Din. And I think it's a first at least. I mean, it might just be me but i mean it was to me it was the equivalency of seeing batman laugh it kind of it kind of freaked me out but i mean din laughs in the beginning <laughs> oh, of the episode yeah he gives out like a little chuckle and then he like reconfirms it when the kid does it again and he gives out another chuckle and it's when when he says grogu and he gets his full attention which i found adorable yeah you know we've been saying this for the whole season but I feel like uh, Din has really grown as a character throughout the series mm-hmm. because of the fact that he has Grogu in his care. Uh, it's it's forced him to think of the other people around him and not just himself. And we, we discussed that as far as season one. You know, he was just a cold-hearted bounty hunter before. He didn't care about anything but the next target. And yeah. uh, ever since Grogu, he's been just slowly but surely becoming a lot more paternal um, a lot more just aware of the people around him and how his actions impact them. Mm-hmm. And you see that even more with, with that little first scene where he's uh, saying his name and laughing about it and, and showing that he's got a human side. And then he uh, gets really excited when, when Grogu uh, uses the Force again to pull the ball back to himself. It's just you can tell that he's really grown to care for the, for the child. Oh, yeah. No, he's definitely got my vote for uh, Stepdaddy of the Year. Like, that dude's coming in clutch with the, that whole stepdad figure. Yep. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I don't know. I, I really like this interaction because it definitely does show the father-son type of uh, bond and connection that these two have, uh, especially with how, how you said he, he's playing force catch with Grogu. And instead of being like, okay, my, my mission is to get you back to your people, he he knows how powerful this kid is and he's he's a mere ant in the in the footsteps of a god you know and um and he's still sitting there trying to train him as much as he says i i can't do anything for you you're too powerful for me he's still sitting there and he's like here take take the ball and it's like it's adorable because he still wants that he still wants to uh be more in uh Ahsoka, she she really talks about that at the end of the last episode when she when she says that you're you're like a father to him, which is kind of a dangerous thing actually. Um, I mean, as far as Jedi are concerned, mm-hmm. it's, it's very dangerous to have that level of attachment. And you kind of get that sense at the very end of the episode, which oh, we'll discuss yeah. later. But um, yeah, I, I've got questions after this episode because. I don't quite think, and I've been saying it for a bit now, but I don't think Grogu's going to be quite the the good little baby Yoda that we all <laughs> hope and dream he will be. So uh, attachments can be dangerous, and it's, it's kind of proven true with this episode. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, history repeats itself. It's, it's, something, it's nothing new. It's something that we've seen, uh, I would say, in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yep. yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing a good job at keeping it fresh but still showing us something that we're used to and that we've seen in the past. Um, but no, I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this, uh, this start off, even though that was the only amount of filler that we got. It, it was good filler. It was, it wasn't jokes for the, the sake of jokes. It wasn't, you know, Disney doing their whole 
MCU route of things. It was still character progression and everything like that. And one thing that, I mean, it, it almost broke my heart was when he was talking to Grogu and he was, to me, it felt like he was almost assuring himself. Like when he was saying, look, look, I agreed to return you to your own kind. So that's what I have to do. He sounds hurt. Like it doesn't sound like he's talking to the kid um, as much as he's trying to play it off as like, look, I, I know this isn't what either of us want, but this is what I, I said I would do. He, he's almost like reassuring himself, you have to do this. You're, you're Mandalorian. You have a mission. You have to do this. And that's sad. Like It legit, it made me sad to hear that because, I mean, we're, we're, we're on this journey together with these characters and they're super easy to, you know, fall for. They're super easy to have a connection with and not just be write-off characters like most most of the people in the new trilogy of star wars these characters actually stick with you and you're like man i i care about these these two i i want the best for these two and i mean the fact that this episode was called the tragedy sucked (laughs) yeah i I told mary it was the same thing when we were watching that the fact that like he he had to kind of amp himself up and like prepare himself mentally but he was he's talking to the baby but really he's talking to himself and Mm -hmm. He, he doesn't want that loss just as much as I'm sure Grogu doesn't want that loss. And uh, he knows it's his mission, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's going to care for this child. And I think he, he kind of views the child as his, his you know, his prodigy, his, his responsibility and something that he wants to keep on doing. Mm-hmm. He is his foundling. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we said, this was the only filler piece of this episode. And then we really just stomp on the gas pedal and just go, go, (laughs) go after that. I mean, from the point of landing on Tython, uh, we get that cute little interaction of, we got to fly the rest of the way with the windows down and you get the big ears flopping, which was awesome. Yep. I really liked seeing that, that, uh, that portion because, I mean, this kid is, he goes everywhere with him and it wasn't a question for me that never like popped up in my head because I don't know. I just, I guess I just never thought of it like that, but I know a lot of people were super stoked to see that because they were like, yeah, I I wonder, cause he has that little satchel, but yeah, when he gets around by jetpack, where, what does he do with the kid? And he just palms him like a football. (laughs) (laughs) So that went to the finish line. Hell Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, after that, of course, we finally get the, uh, it's the seeing stone, correct? Not the seeing rock. I couldn't tell you. I would say it's probably seeing stone. It sounds more Jedi. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Than seeing rock. That sounds more American. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to the seeing rock here. You see that there, seeing rock? Um, but no, uh, I I like the the surrounding. I, I I got like Stonehenge mixed with uh uh Luke Skywalker's little little spot where he um what is it? He force projects himself when he's fighting against oh. Kylo. Yeah, and Force uh not Force Awakens, jeez. Um Last Jedi. Yeah. That I I, I horrible I, movie. <laughs> yeah, but I I can still pull from there, right? It's okay to pull yeah, i mean it, it's, it's i guess so it's canon so you can still use things from there but it's still not oh 
I failed It has you. good moments. It has good moments, but it just is not a good movie overall. Oh, no, not at all. But I would say that uh, that force projection scene was one of the good moments. I, at least the visuals I really enjoyed. But, um, no, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I got a really strong Stonehenge vibe, which is cool because I like when um, sci-fi type of ips make it grounded in a sense because it's it's something that we can relate to like all those um rocks kind of tilted over Uh, i mean of course it it could be trying to make like some type of amplification for a signal uh almost like a uh (laughs) man i am showing my age right now but i can't remember the satellite dishes there we go (laughs) everybody used to have them on their house um but yeah so it was almost like it it gave off that effect but to me i mean i've seen pictures of stonehenge and it's always that whole mystery around it and it gave me that vibe but it also gave me uh luke's special rock vibe as well yeah that planet is like an original jedi Sith planet so it's it's super old and i like how they didn't really show any kind of giant temples or or anything like that all you see is, is this basic little rock outcropping that has uh, the semblance of being important but it's not that noticeable mm-hmm. um it made sense with how old it should be at least yeah for sure so before we just like you know start jumping in line with everything i'm i mean i'm curious what was your strong suit uh of this episode or actually here let me let me throw this out there so for those okay. those of you that are wondering because i always like knowing this kind of stuff i i mean being a, a movie head like I like I was growing up and everything with my dad, I was I was happy to know about certain directors and everything like that. And I was I was always excited when I found out, hey, one of my favorite directors is making another movie instead of being like, oh, that movie looks good. And then finding out later, it was almost like it gave me the urge to want to support my favorite creators and almost I mean, if anyone younger is listening it's it's the idea of when you see one of your content creators online like a youtuber doing a cross promotion with somebody and you go and support that video because you know you like the youtube creator that's in it um right i it was that still that same vibe with me but when i was younger with movie directors so anything spielberg um anything tarantino as i got older and everything like that and i think a lot of people started uh respecting his name and his name just blew up more and more and he's you know he's cult or he was cult and now he's just like legendary um but something actually happened that was really cool with chapter 14 of the mandalorian so they had a director set in place they had everything good to go ready to go and i don't know if you heard about this but six days before shooting he dropped or he or she dropped the director dropped they actually have not released the name of the original intended director for chapter 14 oh yeah i i I forgot who directed this but then he just kind of reminded me Yeah. yeah so um they they i don't know if we'll ever know who was set but first off like how do you do that how do you say i have creative differences with this amazing series i don't want my name attached i'm out <laughs> like, no i mean it could have just been timing uh I, I, directors are usually pretty busy people and if they've committed to something else beforehand mm-hmm. i imagine when with covid in the mix as well it probably threw a wrench into timing for it okay yeah then i i i read something that said it was creative differences but i mean you know people are always trying to get the 
the scoop on everything so that that could have been something false that i read sure but um yeah so i mean either way it's it's something big i i would just i would be pissed off if that was it as well just having to back down um but john favreau stepped in as he is one to do with what is his baby the show and uh he he called in called in a lifeline he called in one of his friends and um that man is mr robert rodriguez so uh yeah yeah old school old school uh director i mean we're talking um from dust till dawn uh desperado spy kids uh doesn't he do some zombie movies too yeah he he helped out with um the grindhouse movies uh death proof and planet terror Okay. Yeah, I I can't remember if he directed those ones or if he was just a producer on those, but I know he had something to do uh to do with that. Uh he's done Machete, uh Part 2 of Sin City. I I will I will say I have not watched that one. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people love Sin City, so you know, you got to you got to throw it out there. Um but yeah, so he's he's been in the scene, the movie scene for a while. And I mean, to me, that's awesome to, you know, jump on six days time and have that moment, that Star Wars moment where you're like, hey, I'm I've worked in the Star Wars universe. How badass is that just to get that call? Man, if I could just be an extra in a Star (laughs) Wars live action, like literally, if I could be someone that just gets panned across really quickly or in stormtrooper armor, I would be the happiest person in the world. That would make my whole life being in a star Wars live action. <laughs> what would your, what would your preferred route be? Would you want to be, you know, yourself dressed up in some, you know, normal star Wars attire, a stormtrooper or makeup out as some type of alien? I mean, an alien would be kind of fun. Uh, Stormtroopers, I mean, they're the easiest ones to be extras in because, I mean, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd want to be a Jedi or a Sith in a, in a Star Wars movie. It's just too much. It's too important. I, I can't <laughs> uh, be relied upon to be that awesome. But um, maybe some kind of smuggler or, like, this freight person, you know, that you see off in the distance. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that... That says a lot, though, because I, when it comes to like stuff like this, I, I'm always curious to what fans would want to portray if they could be in the movie as an extra. And I mean, I, I think I would, I think I would much rather be a stormtrooper because there's no expectations. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's gonna get mad. I mean, old boy smacks his head on the doorway, That's walking right. in with his blaster. And people love him for it <laughs> because he's a stormtrooper. Uh, but I mean, to me, I've always felt their armor is iconic. Their helmets are amazing, and that's why I think it's so cool to go back and see the original armor in this series. And I mean, I, I just I love that build over the new stuff. And oh um, yeah, so yeah, I I don't know. I just think it would be super cool to be thrown in some clunky plastic and. Have have nobody worry about what I'm doing, <laughs> because to me, I know I did it. <laughs> if I was wearing that stormtrooper armor, I would just be smiling the entire time. So it's good <laughs> that they have the helmet on me. Uh, yeah, I would be doing that anyways. But that's my go-to face. I don't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "There goes Rudy." You know, he's smiling. <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like I was saying, uh, Robert Rodriguez stepped in six days time to, uh, you know, sub in for this episode. And by no means would you ever know unless they told you that the director only had six days for this episode, because again, it was phenomenal. I mean, and, and I think that really speaks to his merit, to his, his craft, like the skill uh, set in his craft when he, it comes to him uh, directing. He did a great job, especially for six days. If I had six days to direct a five minute short, I would fail. <laughs> so. Right. There's so much planning and prep work that goes into this. And mm-hmm. Granted, they're on a very small stage compared to, you know, being out in the open and uh, outside. Yeah. Um, it's still a lot of prep work and you have to understand the script and the, 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 the motives of the characters and where things are going to be placed and mm-hmm. what the timing for it's going to be. It is just a lot. So to, to have him do that all in a six day period with, with no prep work besides that, that's impressive. Yeah. And I mean, not only just the motive, but even the backstory, because uh, I mean, like we, we already talked about the spoiler, uh, that was going around, but this is the return. Like I said, this this episode had a lot of meat on it, and one of those very meaty areas of this episode was the return of Boba Fett, and he yes. made that perfectly. Like he he, it wasn't just some throwaway character. This wasn't the the or the episode with Bill Burr and his his guys where you could just not know the character of most of them and then just you know still make a good episode this is boba fett this is this is heavy fan like fanfare if you mess up boba fett you're you're i mean that's not true because i mean boba fett's not he wasn't that much of a well yeah anyway. so i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say before uh before this episode came out and i have you can go back on recordings you can hear me just bitch about boba fett for like for 10 minutes <laughs> about how he's the most overrated character and he's just a waste of space and he's terrible in the Clone Wars because um, he's always getting thwarted by the Jedi. Dude, <laughs> this episode gave Boba Fett some badass moments and it kind of proved that he is a force to be reckoned with. The fact that he's just destroying stormtroopers with the gaffy club mm-hmm. uh that's the one that the tuscan raiders use like yeah. he smashes their helmets with his brute strength and then he when he gets that armor back ooh, that was the <laughs> coolest scene i have seen in that episode or that, that series since the ahsoka stuff oh yeah no he he was he lived up to the hype that people wanted to believe boba fett was and because right. i mean me and juan are right there with you i don't know if if we're four for four, when it before this episode, when we were like, "Yo, Boba Fett's a punk bitch," like everybody hypes right. this dude up for nothing. He doesn't deserve his armor, and he dies super quick. Um, I mean, he's he's known for dying. That's that's what people know knew him for. Um, and so yeah, we we were right there with you. But I mean, yeah, this episode made him everything people saw him for already. And I I mean, I'm happy to say that now i'm wrong now my past statements are null and void yep. because I agree. he was badass i mean the, like he uh took the mic and just dropped it right in front of everybody oh yeah like, hey this is how i am oh yeah for i mean 100 percent. that's exactly what he did 
But I mean, yeah, I mean, you you already spoke on it. His his fighting style was great. I loved not only the fact that he was picking these dudes apart, he was literally shattering their armor. I mean, he was leaving them in pieces as he's yeah. making his way through the battlefield, which was amazing. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Ahsoka, you know, jumping back into the shadows like uh, like an alien. It was. I mean, that's. I mean, she I'm, I'm allowed is. to say that, right? They kind she... of all are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a slur now. <laughs> like, a, like a phantom. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like a phantom. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't as great as that but that was just a visual spectacle that was that was eye candy um but he still made it badass a daylight fight scene he's just walking through aggressive as hell emotion on his face and i mean he he went out there and just mauled a bunch of people um go ahead no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, typically when stormtroopers get shot at, you can see like the little scorch marks from wherever they're hit. And you get the sense they're probably dead because they're just laying there on the ground. Like <laughs> that, that was probably some really crappy armor that that blaster was able to hit and just destroy him with one hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was no doubt about how dead those stormtroopers were when he just caved that stormtrooper's skull, like basically in. Yeah, that yeah. helmet was just in pieces. Yeah, and then not not to not only to mention that, but the uh, the staff. Uh, what was it called? The gaffy stick. The gaffy stick. Okay, yeah. So the gaffy stick. I mean, opposite end of the blunt side is just a sharp spear. <laughs> he, I mean, he yeah. bobbed a few people. Yeah, man, he's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's good to see the actual true actor back too. Like, I, I was really glad when they announced that he was going to be in the seasons mm-hmm. because I mean that's. That's what Boba Fett's supposed to look like. He is a true natural clone of Jango Fett. So uh, if people were confused by that, I mean, they all look the same as far as the clones, but uh, he is the one true proper clone of Jango Fett without any kind of alteration. So I'm still curious, though. Uh, they need to explain it. Is It can be a passing little sentence or whatever, but I need to know how he got out of that Sarlacc pit. Yeah, you can kind of see like he has like some scarring on his face, and he looks pretty messed up and just old. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to know how long it took. I want to know how he got out. I want to know what happened afterwards. They can do a whole episode just about that, and I'd be very okay with it. Yeah, so that that's one thing that I I mean I definitely want that as well. Rumor has it though that we're gonna be getting a boba fett series and i mean this has been talked about for a while now so it could just be one of those long lost this would be cool and then snowballed into oh disney plus is talking about a boba fett series but the fact that you bring this man back and he's received so well i would assume that you have you know end game plans for that character just in case I mean, there, there, there was, there was possibility that people wouldn't have taken to him because we have a new Mandalorian in town and people don't want to, you know, overdo things with, I mean, we're getting Bo-Katan, we got Din Djarin, we got now Boba Fett. So, I mean, yeah, there, there could be possibility that it might not happen, but I mean, we might get that. And would you be extremely annoyed if that was becoming a reality, but you had to wait for his series to figure out what happens to him. Oh no. So I've got a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if they do a Boba Fett series, I would be okay with it. 
Um, I think what the more likely situation is, and I've been kind of mulling it over for the past couple of days now um, <laughs> in anticipation for this discussion, I think that he could replace Din at some point as oh. the quote-unquote Mandalorian for the series. Um, I, I think something's got to give. Something has to give, and I think that someone's going to die at some point, and I think it's going to be Din. Um, because, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second because, um, he just, uh, the actor himself has issues with not, you know, being seen a lot without the helmet on and, um, the story arc for the character is, it feels like it's kind of closing off a little bit. Yeah. So why bring in someone like Boba Fett, who we find out spoilers is in fact, a Mandalorian. Oh yeah. Complete rewrite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just, it, it fits. And I mean, as much as I would love to see a Boba Fett series at some point, I think it kind of just naturally fits better into the Mandalorian show itself. Uh, and since he's been introduced into it, I, I think it makes more sense that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely with the rewrite of his origin, yeah, I mean, it, it it does pull in because, I mean, why else would you want him to be true Mandalorian? It, it kind of was his signature thing that people were like, you know, you had that argument like, well, he's not a real Mandalorian. And then Dave Filoni came in and was like, hold my beer again. You're right. <laughs> and, and it's interesting as far as Filoni is concerned, because I, I mentioned this before, but he never brings a character in without the intention of using them for something else down the road mm -hmm. never and so uh obviously they, when they showed boba fett in the first episode of season two it, i mean you knew he was going to come back at some point but i just didn't think his role would be this i thought he'd be kind of more on moff gideon's side and kind of trying to destroy and kill din and, and uh take the child and in fact he's got a lot of honor and he cares about people that are around him as well which is interesting because you don't really you don't really get a sense of who boba fett is from the movies and from the tv show as far as clone wars he's a kind of a child and a, a teenager at that point he's a little bit of a dick but like you don't really get the sense of like who he is in that fully as well mm -hmm. um apart from a failure because he kind of sucks at what he does <laughs> but um it's interesting to see that he has morals he has a code that he stands by um and he's not against partnering up with people i mean x amount of years in a sarlacc pit does that to you <laughs> he's like please give me some company <laughs> he said, I, I need friends <laughs> uh but no i mean yeah you're, you're making a lot of good points and i i think just like din he he does have a lot of um unforeseen growth within his character which is really cool because i mean i agree i was not expecting to see what i saw i was expecting you know he was introduced with his spurs uh way back when helping out a bad guy helping yep. out a villain and it, it sets you up for that that okay it's classic boba uh Where's Pizza the Hut? Because he's gonna be helping him out again, and it, it 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 you expect that villain just to come back and, you know, uh, step step one through step ten and follow it to the T. Um, 
but yeah, I mean that it would have caught me off more like it would have caught me off guard more if everything around in the episode wasn't so spectacular. Like <laughs> it, it was I, I didn't even have time to register like, wait, a homeboy's bad because I was just like, no, nah, this dude's bad as hell. Like this dude's cool. Uh-huh. So I, I didn't have time to engage that train of thought because i was just enjoying what was going on but i mean yeah you're making uh, a lot of valid points and um i mean din he he is coming to a very good point within a character that you know in today's day and age we don't really see that in cinema in long format series in much of anything people don't really care about character growth too much which is to me, a huge letdown. Um, I mean, I, I always talk about that, and I, I always push back to Umbrella Academy with Klaus and how amazing his growth was to watch, to see the actor portray. It was just really, really, it was done very well. And I, Din's going that route without actually seeing this dude's face, just seeing a suit of armor walking around, and you still have that emotional pull and you still see that he's becoming something more, but it's like, is this his, his final arc? Is this his, the end of his character growth when he becomes whatever he's gearing up to be, or is this the start of his new character? It's it's like, so there, there are different trains of thought that you could jump down in there, but I mean, definitely killing him off. I could see that happening because it would be a huge curveball to throw into the mix and that's always great, but I still think he would have a lot to offer even when he's done being that, I guess, uh, completely obedient Mandalorian where sure. he's just like, you know, this is the way and there is no other. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of stuff is like this. This episode definitely let uh the whole speculation trail go on and on and on (laughs) um i mean we we just started dipping our toes into the water um and before we get off like the whole subject of um boba fett i I don't i don't think we're done with it yet but i wanted to drop in the um the callback to his dad to Django. so not not only did we uh, you know, he gives him his code. It's been written in this armor for 25 years, uh, which I I loved seeing that. I mean, it just shows the, um, like the importance of of where you came from within the um, structure of Mandalore. I thought that was so cool. But what really caught my attention, and I was surprised that this caught my attention. I actually had to go to Google because I was like, I've heard that before. I've heard this dude say that before (laughs) and Mm he uh tells din he says i'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy and it's a legit almost word for word callback to what Django says to uh mace windu uh in attack of the clones or was it it's obi-wan is it obi-wan okay yeah when obi-wan goes to camino to kind of investigate that yeah uh, he talks to Django, and he's like, "What's the bounty hunter doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy, or something like that, or making ends meet, or something like along that nature." Yeah, so it's—I mean, it's almost word for word. I, I'm just so you know attached. Those names, Mace and Django, are so attached because something comes unattached uh, in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I, I really enjoyed 
that they threw that in there. And it's like almost the fact that, you know, he didn't get to rapidly grow up and, you know, he, spoiler alert, he loses his father at some point, but his dad still had a lasting effect on him. Like he still sees that as a creed, like a way to live. Like, you know, you're just, you're be a simple guy trying to make his way. And that's, that's super cool. And I really like that. And that, that improved the character for me even more too, like along with everything else, like his growth that we see by him wanting to play well with others and wanting to help. It's like that to me was also a big thing because, you know, it's, it's his father and he's still carrying that with him. And speaking of his father, confirming that his father was in fact Mandalorian. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Mandalorian isn't necessarily a race or or anything. It's more of just like a uh, a clan. It's creed. It's it's anybody could be a Mandalorian within reason. Um, but knowing that he came from a clan, that he was just like Din, just like Grogu, Jango was a foundling. Yeah, that he was you know taken in by the Mandalorians. That's huge. That 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 rewrites canon a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Because in the Clone Wars TV series, uh, they discuss how Jango Fett stole the armor, and he was considered a thief as far as the Mandalorian royalty was concerned. Um, so it just goes to show you that the that Mandalorians are very secluded as far as their clans, and they may not even interact with each other very often, uh, or know about each other because of, of things like this. Yeah, for sure. But um. No, I, I, there, there were so many subtle little things. I mean, especially, I mean, rewriting canon, that's not very subtle. <laughs> I, I think no, it is no. to a lot of people, which is, which is pretty cool because the people who are jumping on, it wasn't such a, um, flashy scene of the episode. It wasn't like groundbreaking where they had to harp on it for minutes at, at end. It, it was just like, Hey, look at this. Cause he's just trying to prove this is my armor back the hell up. <laughs> and, uh, the fact that he just, you know, barely grazes over it and then they just continue on. It doesn't let, I guess this new generation of fans, the, the, the fans that really grasped onto what star Wars is because of this show, they're not really left out in the wind. Just being like, I don't get it. I'm like what the hell? <laughs> so I, I think Dude, that I- it was really cool. I kid you not, when that scene happened, I literally leaned forward and went, holy shit. <laughs> was For me, being like so deep into the lore and just the knowledge of Star Wars, mm-hmm. seeing that and seeing that little twist happen where it, I never thought that would happen. In a million years, never thought that would happen. <laughs> um, that was huge, like a revelation for me. It, it is that, that one sentence saying that he was Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So uh, with with discussing that were you were you one of the people who would bring up the fact when people were like man mandalorians are a bunch of punk asses because you know boba fett were you one of the people who were like well he wasn't really mandalorian yeah that was my my (laughs) argument was like hey you know he's kind of like a fake mandalorian so you can't really kind of (laughs) put him in the same realm as everybody else but i mean this episode showed that he not only is a Mandalorian, but he's a badass at the same time, even though he's super old at this point. I mean, he's got to be, man, he'd be like at least late forties. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe early fifties at this point. Mm -hmm. 
so, uh, so he can hold his own and he can wreck stormtroopers even being an older gentleman so yeah and yeah. the fact the fact that he hasn't worn his his armor what this would probably be from the moment that he died how, how many years would you say have gapped since then so okay um it's a little bit mm, it's not gonna be accurate 100 percent, but uh the events of episode three in between episode three and four is 19 years okay um and then you've got a four-year span from episode four through six that's 23 years and five years from this from episode six that's 28 years oh wow. um and but that's not when we first see boba fett or Django fett so i'm guessing it's between 33 to 35 years from when he was supposed to uh since Django fett was killed oh no no I'm, I'm saying boba fett like when when he uh falls into the pit how oh, long oh, of a spread would that have been oh roughly about five years Oh, that's it? Yeah, uh, okay. the events of this show took place five years after the uh, second Death Star is blown up. And so it'd be maybe five years and a few months. Okay. Um, Wait, oh, wait, that's episode seven, isn't it? Six. Return oh. of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, holy crap. All right. The then, one yeah, thing, I... though, that made me kind of laugh a little bit with this, and mm -hmm. speaking of just how long it's been... uh. Was it just me, or was that armor a little snug for him? Because uh, he had a little bit of a dad bod, I think, going on with that armor. So I was actually going to bring that up because I had I had two points. Um, I mean, one still five years is a long time. Like uh, take take any any hobby, anything you have worked with, and then don't do it for five years. You would have some problems, you know. You would you would come up with some. Wait, I forgot how to do that. This dude. Like it was like he was just dreaming about his armor every night, <laughs> and just keeping, like riding a bike, man. Yeah, like keeping fresh with it because I mean he he comes in and he he looks like Boba Fett, which was great. Uh, the only thing that I was gonna say that did keep him looking like Boba Fett was the fit. <laughs> like you said, he did have some snugness going on. Uh, there was a very um, iconic hero shot uh that he does and it's funny because part of me wants to say that that was pulled from a cover from a from a comic cover and i'm gonna have to look into that i still haven't done that but when i saw it, i don't know there was just something about it that i root like i vaguely remember so i'll look into that and I'll, I'll let you know if i was onto something or if you know it's just a standard pose that people make but he does this pose with his leg up and that little tummy's hanging out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he, he aged some, he's not, he's not in his bounty hunter days. He's not, you know, he's not an active bounty hunter. So, <laughs> so yeah. I he, mean, being in that Starlight pit probably did a little bit more than scar him up. And I, I mean, <laughs> what was there to eat in that Starlight pit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. So I, I can't fault him a little bit, but, uh, I was expecting it to be a little bit better of a fit, not not so snug. <laughs> Who wore it better this season? Well, you, uh, <laughs> Who wore it better? You mean Cobb, Cobb Vanth versus uh, uh, Boba? Cobb Vanth I being mean, super, dude, super loose, that, super big, or Boba being a little I, snug? Who wore I'd it rather better? have Boba being a little bit snug. When when you see Cobb Vanth walk in, it's like when you see like a child wearing like their their parents' uh, clothing. It looked, it looked um, way too big for him. 
And You're it's not funny wrong. To see how to see how small Cobb Vanth is compared to how just big of a dude Boba Fett is. Yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's the thing too because it didn't just. I mean, Vanth is he he's he's fit. He's a fit guy. Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything from Timothy. He's he's a very in shape man, but the 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 size of Boba Fett not not just the stomach part he just looked like a monster in that thing like he looked cool he looked like uh like Clayton Carmine compared to the other Carmines <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, that's exactly. a little that's a little Gears of War reference for all you who uh didn't pick up on that one but um yeah that's what he looked like but in a good way I mean I get it the stomach it I think everybody noticed it. It wasn't a big thing. I mean, you can't expect the dude to be in a, let's say, an Aquaman state all the time, considering he's Aquaman's dad. But you know, he's he's older. Uh, but he sure. still he still filled it out great. He looked intimidating. It was just like if I saw that sheer size of a man coming at me in a dented helmet like that, I'd be I'd be scared. I mean, you saw those troopers run away from him when he fired that <laughs> yep. knee rocket at them. They're just like, oh, shit, this guy's huge and scary, and he's blowing people up. Mm-hmm. Which I, I thought that was really cool, too, because that was a lot of fan service for people because um, I, I was in some chat on – it was some random post and some uh, geek thing on Facebook, and they were discussing how that's a callback to this old um, Star Wars encyclopedia where they were showcasing yes. the armor – and yep. they showcase that these knee rockets. I have that book. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I, I remember reading that as a child, and uh, they point out that he has like rockets in there, and I'm like, I've never seen him use that. Where is that in the movies? Um, yeah, it was good to see it. And, and that part where he fires that rocket at the ships. And he's he clearly one and, like i knew he's gonna blow up one i was like oh man it's such a badass move to have him blow up that one mm-hmm. and the fact that he blew up the one and it crashed into the other one and blew that one up too and he's like oh yeah i missed i meant to hit the other one yeah and i love that he was actually telling the truth like he in in his visuals he legit is aiming at the first one <laughs> yeah so i mean i love that he's like okay enough with being like yeah that that wasn't i didn't mean to do that <laughs> But um, no, I mean, I, I think that just uh, really harps on the fact that Dave Filoni and John Favreau are really doing their part to make sure that, you know, they're they're trying to bring peace amongst the Star Wars fanboys. They're trying to, you know, create balance instead of all the the ugliness that usually is surrounding this the series. I mean, Star Wars fans are kind of rough at times. <laughs> But they are the uh, chosen ones bringing balance back to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're doing a great job, and I just thought, like, how how cool to take something that small. It's like you already gave us a badass. You already gave us a insane portrayal of what Star Wars fans had stuck in their head for so long, while other people were like, he wasn't that cool. They 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 gave you that but they just kept giving and kept giving. And it feels like that's all they're trying to do with this series. They're, they're just, they're there to give, they're, they're there to please. And they're doing a great job. No, it, it is literally the best star Wars content to come out since probably the clone wars. 
the, the TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that a lot of people haven't probably watched that as far as, you know, the live action compared to the cartoons, but the Clone Wars TV series did for Star Wars uh, what this is doing overall uh, just for after the effects of the last three movies. Because uh, when uh, episodes one, two, and three came out, I loved episode three. I still love episode three. Episode but, three is great. Uh, one and two have a lot of things that are just they're lacking. It's it's not the best. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars TV series did a really really great job filling in the blanks and really expanding upon the world and giving you more of a reason to understand and appreciate what's happening in the movies for the Clone Wars purposes. And uh, it's just this is doing the same thing. Yeah, I just love that it's bringing people back to Star Wars and its quality and it's. It's so it's so steeped in lore, but it's also accessible to everybody else. Oh yeah, for sure. And I I know Joel just said like you know he he he's sure not everybody has uh, given that series a chance, which I completely agree. I haven't even given it that much of a chance. But the great thing about that is, if you're enjoying all this and now you have his seal of approval, you can go back and watch that. Because all the episodes, even the final season, is on Disney Plus yes. right now. So I mean, that it's, last it's... episode of that season made me ball like a baby. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. I was crying watching it all by myself in my living room, and uh, yeah, that show is the best. Uh, I will warn you though, any listeners that they are planning on watching the Clone Wars TV series, do it because it's fantastic. But I'll warn you, <laughs> the first season is a little bit more i guess you could say kid-like and kind of cartoony compared to the following like well seven of them mm-hmm. um so just kind of ride through it you, you have to kind of wade through a little bit of the mess before you get to the good stuff but uh season two and onward is just excellent but don't skip season one <laughs> that's when it hit uh tsunami right or not tsunami the uh was it tsunami their afternoon block on cartoon network maybe I don't know if it was there the um, whole there, time or. Well, or there no. was that first Clone Wars TV series that was done by the Samurai Jack guy. Yeah. Um, it was really short. They were like five, ten minute episodes. Um, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's considered canon at this point. But oh, okay. um, those were on Cartoon Network, but I believe. I want to think that Clone Wars started off on Cartoon Network, but maybe finished in, on Disney. Oh, okay. I mean, it would make sense. They, they did buy the uh, the rights to it at some point. So, But no, I mean, that that's super cool. I, I can at least vouch for the fight scenes on that on that show are done very well. The um, overall kind of grittiness to them and the um, the impact that they that they make i'll say that like when people get hit and they're the sabers are striking it's very impactful it's not just like oh i mean this is decent animation this is like no the sound effects work great together along with the aggressiveness of the animation while they're fighting uh what what windu does to um oh boy the robot what is his name now i'm drawing a blank on everybody um which robot grievous oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah what, what what he does to him and the, that they actually pull that into the movie there's a reason why he talks that way and breathes that way uh it was mm-hmm. just amazing so um i can at least 
you know, uh, vouch for the fight scenes in, in that series. But yeah, I've always heard a lot of great things for it. So if you have the time, you have the want, especially once, uh, we're done with season two, because, uh, me and Joel were mentioning it earlier before we started recording two episodes left, only two more times, man. So you're going to have some, you're going to have some dead time on Fridays, uh, to, you know, explore into different stuff. And if you're still, on the kick you want more you want to see what possibly might be coming from spinoffs and future episodes jump into uh the clone wars and yeah let us know what you think of it um anything else you want to you want to touch on for boba fett like to dive into or is there i mean i know there's probably stuff that's going to be brought up during other conversation but anything you want to push forward with right there do you want to jump to something else that that you know i mean i think we've covered a lot of ground as far as boba fett it was good to see slave one i wonder where that was at too well actually you know what it was probably on jabba's palace i'm just surprised i hadn't didn't get like scrapped or mm-hmm. stolen or anything oh um, dude it so, was it was so good to see it land just the mechanics yeah. of it like flatten out oh uh, yeah when when that came through i was like oh my god i was just yeah the fact that like um when when you see that ship appear i literally was like oh my god that's slave one holy shit we're gonna see boba fett mm-hmm. and then in my mind i'm thinking like we're gonna see a, a showdown between mando and boba fett because that's just <laughs> it makes sense and the fact that they went the complete opposite route and he helps them out it just it made it so much more fun yeah yeah that, that's what i was gonna say actually i had like I was questioning myself because I was like I know what Slave One looks like but I'm probably stupid and that's probably something completely different because like I said I was expecting some type of filler like I I needed right. a break <laughs> there's been a lot going on and uh they just they gave it to me and I was like no that is when it flattened out as soon as it you know it started leveling out I was like that's fucking Slave One for sure <laughs> but um yeah I mean good stuff what was what was the uh what was Boba Fett the you know the return of Boba Fett your biggest part of this episode was that your favorite um part of this episode oh that's hard man um maybe i don't know i mean it was really it was really really cool to see him like really fully in action and seeing the full effects of what he can do in that armor mm-hmm. i won't lie that was just a badass thing to see but um, and and learning that he was Mandalorian was a big deal. But I still think the the after effects of this episode and what they showed in the last like ten minutes was much much more important to uh to me than anything else. Okay. Um. Yeah. The, the stuff with Grogu was was just key. So all right. Well, let let's uh let's jump into to Grogu then. I mean, we we've, we've given uh boba his his time so let's let's jump into grogu i mean there's not a lot of for the for me saying that i mean there's a lot of meat with grogu's stance there wasn't too much um you know spoken or anything like that but that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of stuff going on so as they said in the past episode the kid has to be put on this seeing stone and from there he can reach out to a jedi and if the jedi wants to they can come find him uh so we we get the the seeing stone and you know they they gotta they gotta showcase like the the family friendly part where he doesn't know what he's doing at first and 
Um, but then we get him and his whole Doctor Doctor Strange stance and his little his little nubby fingers were doing the uh, <laughs> you know the little yeah. the little motions, which I oh, I really enjoyed. Oh. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that the visuals of that like the fact that they had to focus on that. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of this episode he's in trance, so we know he was seeing a lot of stuff and i like i said this is the this is going to be the the portion where i don't know i mean i i have ideas of what could have been happening but what if if it's not too much of a question if you have ideas and stuff that's fine if not feel free feel free just to be like oh well i at this point i'm not sure but i mean what do you think his his visuals were what you know do you think the he force saw? is kind of a tricky thing so um i i don't i couldn't tell you for certain uh as far as what he was seeing mm-hmm. but um typically when people go into meditation like that within the forest they typically either are reliving something that's happened in the past and uh uh experiencing it again but maybe with a different perspective or um they're talking with somebody who's within the force as well um so i don't know i i it's it's really hard for me to grasp before this episode started uh i had thought that maybe he would be in commune with yoda because yoda obviously has proven that he can uh not only be a force ghost but he can actually still hop in and in and out of the force mm-hmm. and talk with other jedi and do things within the real world as well even though he's dead so that was what I thought would happen, and it'd be kind of just awesome to see that moment where Yoda's talking to, you know, another of his species. That it would be huge. Um, that was my wish list, honestly, was seeing that. But the fact <laughs> that they didn't show what he was seeing, I think, makes it that more mysterious and that more enticing. Um, I think we're going to see the payoff in the last episode. Okay. Uh, we're going to have something happen where either... Um, I don't know, either someone appears and, and kind of saves the day or uh, or Grogu does something or, or even says something uh, for the first time that we haven't seen yet. So uh, it, it's hard to tell, though, as far as what, he, what was happening with that force uh, shield almost that he had around him. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the audio, uh, like the reverb that it gave uh, Din's voice from within the, the bubble. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. like that effect a lot because I mean it more attention to detail and everything like that, which you would expect. But it just they gave him a really nice uh, filter going through that, which I, I thought was really cool and um, it was just pleasing to the ears. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that that's respectable. I mean, I, I completely agree. It it is hard to, um, I guess, try to figure out what's going on because the possibilities are are they're vast there's a, there's a lot of stuff that could be going and that that was my initial thought was what you brought up like how um you you relive something and from seeing that i was i was kind of already in the in the mindset of like okay what what's he going through what's he seeing who is he talking to anything like that um but the end of the episode kind of made me push more like lean more towards the side of he was reliving stuff. Like he almost, when we see him at the end, 
he seems different. He seems yes. he seems more matured, more grown, and more of himself. So I, yep. I, I was curious if he, you know, put himself back through um Order sixty six and he well, re revisualized all that, had the had that anger, which uh, we'll touch base in uh, base on in a second. But I mean, it, it showed hatred towards, um, you know, those people. Uh, and he just he felt he looked to be more in control of who he is. So that that's why I was like, to me, I felt like he he uh, got more of his his memory back. So uh I think we discussed this in the last recording as far as who we want to be the Jedi that, that kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of people, a lot of people are fan casting Sebastian Stan as a young Luke Skywalker. And, it, and I'll admit he looks, he looks eerily similar. Bro. I don't know why Andy. this is a new thing. We've been talking about this for a long oh, time. Like and, know, and it's, it's everywhere. It's which, up now, oh yeah. Which I'm happy about because yeah, I mean, he, that boy looks just like luke like it's it's yep. it's uncanny it's kind of freaky but yeah i uh, i just i think it's hilarious that like now everybody's on board but go ahead yep no i mean i, I was just saying that you know he 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 would be a very good spot to fill that role mm-hmm. i don't want it to be luke though and, and and given the fact that uh from what we've seen in this episode and particularly that very last scene with the child and gideon um I really, really, really think the natural and this the the most make sense kind of decision to have is have Cal Kestis from okay. the uh, Fallen Order game, mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order. So uh, that's um, Cameron Monaghan, uh, who who is the actor for that character. Nominal actor. You don't you don't uh, cast somebody in a video game and make them look just like that character without the intention of using them for live action purposes at some point again and the thing about how are you gonna do my boy sam Witwer like that dog uh, he's not <laughs> canon man i mean so he got his chance with darth maul here here he's let me big character let me let me throw this out there though because and we'll, we'll get back to cal because i definitely want to talk about that but with feloni and favaro i mean they're they're clearly okay with rewriting canon they've done it multiple times now they're they're bringing legacy into uh canon star wars and i mean they just rewrote history with uh yeah. with jango fett so is it is it an offshoot idea to think that we could see star killer make his way into full canon star wars like just just the idea of how many fans he has and to see a standoff between him and ahsoka would be amazing so like to me i just feel like it's yeah it's yeah i just feel like it's why wouldn't you but like in in your in your uh own thoughts do you think that's a possibility i mean would they go that route i don't think they will um i i i like the character of star killer i think that he kind of got uh backhanded a little bit with the whole being vader's uh padawan <laughs> and or you know not, not padawan but you know his protege and whatnot and then kind of just that, that last game as far as uh force awake not force awakens force unleashed 2 uh you find out that he's like one of many clones basically mm-hmm. um 
So I, I don't know. It's 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 cool. I like the character a lot, but I think it doesn't really fit within anything that that they've gone over. It would be a huge, huge revolutionary like twist to have someone like that come into the canon. Yeah. Um, it just makes so much more sense for it to be Cal Kestis, not only because he's already established in the canon. Uh, he's not only established, but he's also potentially alive at this point. Oh, for but, sure. Um, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even like mentioning, like, I, I didn't think that it would be him. I just, uh, you, you were talking about, uh, you know, the video game characters and I a hundred percent agree. It wouldn't make sense for him to be the one reaching out. I just thought like, would they ever be able to bring him in Canon? Like, uh, not, not for the kid, just, uh, just to have him in there because i mean you could even throw out the idea of like what if um snoke was a failed reproduction of him like maybe i mean even those little monster things we're seeing in there i mean this this whole series has to do with cloning and this dude who is of course uncannon like a lot of things in this in this series um was he had a lot to do with cloning <laughs> but i don't i don't know it's it's you know it's one of those rabbit hole thoughts that you can throw out there i was just curious like would you want to see something like that not not him coming for the kid or anything just to have him in canon star wars i i don't know i i think that there's been a lot of established lore in, in canon uh that follows that timeline where vader is part of the empire and, and hunting down jedi and mm -hmm. uh doing all of his work with palpatine and to me it just it would feel like they were kind of trying to fit a puzzle piece in that didn't quite belong um okay. i don't know i mean he'd be, it'd be cool to see i guess but i wouldn't be like thrilled with it at the same time <laughs> it would feel like a little overzealous to me okay but um all right let's jump back to cal though Yes. Uh, so Cal Kestis. Uh, so the reason why I think, especially after this episode, that it's him is uh, the fact that in the game, so Jedi Fallen Order came out last holiday. Um, you play as Cal through the events of basically after Order 66. So before uh, episode four, after episode three, there's a big gap, of course, like 19 years. And um, the big game mechanic of of this game besides the combat was as you progress through the story uh cal is unlocking bits and pieces of his force abilities again he's reconnecting with the force because just like grogu he tried to hide away his force powers to stay alive after order 66 so he's reconnecting with the force and becoming more powerful and becoming more in tune as you progress through the game so it makes complete sense to have uh, a quote-unquote you know master teaching grogu who's experienced that who's had to reconnect with the force and has had to gain that ability back um to, to me it, it's a perfect fit it is it is completely makes sense to me yeah and i mean not only that he he will pull in so many viewers and that, oh, yeah. at, at the end of the day, you also got to like throw that in there if you're somebody in charge of something like this. And if you have the opportunity to bring in a uh, powerful actor like like Cameron uh, Monaghan, you, you wouldn't want to pass that up. If it's possible of doing it and making it fit properly instead of, you know, forcing it. And this is definitely that route. Like you just said, it all lines up. 
he would have more of an attachment to this kid than any other Jedi. I mean, Luke Skywalker, I, I agree. I think everybody's throwing it out there because it's it's what they know. And that's that's one of the big things I was always pushing, like, say when we were talking about like Sonic, how the studio listened to the fans, it's like, that's super cool because the fans were right. But there are some times when people just talk because they want to say something, even if it's not the right thing. And you will never get something new and better if you're just given the same thing over and over. And if that's all they know is the Skywalker story, how do you progress? And right. so as much as, you know, Luke is an amazing character. I love Mark Hamill. Sebastian Stan would be cool to see play Luke, but right here, it just, it doesn't work. I mean, yeah, Luke is Luke Skywalker in star Wars, which is legendary, but Cal would make the most sense because he would relate so much to this kid. And if the clues at the ending of this episode gave us, it would be such a good possible contrast because we have this yeah. kid who two kids who went through the same thing together and somehow made it through and one is clearly on the route that he knows he's picking and the other one doesn't even know what to do because you know he suppressed everything even his from what it seems like his memories so yep so i mean he, you could do so much amazing storytelling with that. And like, that's, that's what got my nerd boner going is like the possibility of good original storytelling. Oh my God. Again, and that's fully hard too, right now. I think. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Calm that nerd boner down. Yo, storytelling um... gets me. <laughs> but uh, I think this, this show has done such a good job of being star Wars, but not, being sucked into the vortex that is Skywalker, mm -hmm. that if you were to throw Luke Skywalker in there, he would overshadow everything, and just it would it would just kind of I don't know it, it would diminish what the show has done. Yeah, without Skywalkers in them, so I really think they need to put someone like Cal Kestis in there instead. And um, and yeah, speaking of of just the the child Grogu at the end of that episode. You're right. He he doesn't obviously say anything, mm -hmm. uh, but his actions and the way he looks, you can tell that whatever he did within that force uh, shield uh, or that bubble, it had an impact on him because he looks you – know, you said he looks much more confident. He looks um, much more aware. Mm -hmm. And even when Gideon is talking to him, uh, you can see how like he is – very very heightened and aware of what's going on and trying to fight it uh the only thing that concerns me <laughs> when uh ahsoka was talking to din she told him you know put him on the scene stone he will be able to choose his path uh and if he chooses the right path a, a jedi will find him or something along those lines right mm -hmm. but the, the moral of the story was put him there he'll choose where where he wants to go and that was in, in context of, like, does he go Jedi way or does he kind of go more with his feelings and more Sith emotions, essentially? And it's hard to tell what the, the scene stone showed him as far as what his path should be. But I think because of the situation that he's in, it's kind of forcing Grogu's hand a little bit uh, because he doesn't have anyone to protect him. 
and he's probably scared. He doesn't have Din there, so Din mm-hmm. is kind of his moral compass uh, for for the most things. And to not have your mentor there, and to be kind of unaware and just scared. Not and, even not even just a your lot of mentor, but somebody that you care about, like like right. the, like I mean, he definitely is a little kid, and he's he's lost. This is essentially getting lost at Disney when you're a kid. Like you're yeah, you're scary. terrified, yeah. So he just he wants any type of normalism that he's used to, and it's it's nowhere around. And uh, just seeing him lifting up those stormtroopers, as badass <laughs> as it was, I literally saw the moment and I was like, "This is cool." But then I said, "I said out loud, I went, oh no, this is mm-hmm. bad,' because like he's not only like lifting them up, he's like choking them and, and like flinging them left and right and." It seemed very malicious to me, and uh, that kind of gives me an indication that he could be trending towards some dark side tendencies, which he already has in the past without kind of knowing. But I think he is knowingly doing this at this point, mm-hmm. uh, maybe out of out of fear and out of just kind of trying to survive. But it's still not a good sign. Yeah, no, and and that's uh, I, I we were both hinting at that like towards getting to the end of the conversation, wanting to bring it up because I I agree, I I think that this shows a lot of bad possible outcomes for your boy Grogu because I mean, like you, I I enjoyed the visuals, I thought it was a nice funny touch seeing the um stormtroopers reacting because this little thing is just flinging them around and. I mean, yeah. they're they're on they're on guard, so they got to keep standing up. And they're like, ah, ah, and they're just getting flung around. So I I enjoyed the visuals. It had me it had me laughing a little bit. But then again, it it was heartbreaking because even like how I said, visually he didn't look okay. He looked no. He looked like almost like he was still stuck in that moment that he was on the seeing rock, possibly. And if it was Order sixty six he has that vision of his friends dying, his masters dying, everybody he cared about dying because of these people. So, I mean, of course this kid is angry. This kid wants revenge and being a kid. I mean, that's the easiest route. That's why I'm saying like Cal would make the most sense story driven wise, because he, he went through the same thing and could possibly be the opposite. He grew yeah. from it differently. Um, and this kid is still, since it's still fresh, because if you trap it away and just unlocks automatically, it, you're stuck there. You're fresh. You you didn't give yourself time to grieve, time to move forward. And that's all I saw in his face when he was attacking them. And uh, how, I like how you brought up the force choke, because, I mean, that's primarily a dark side technique, right? Very. Yeah, so yeah, the, the fact that he did that, and when I saw Gideon light up when he did that, I was like, this is what he wants. Like, it's almost like they're they're doing what he needs them to. Like, he, and, I mean, as much as um, Ahsoka told him, like, I can't train him because he's, like, he's bonding with you. And that's dangerous because, and I, I brought this up last week, um, Anakin. Anakin yep. fell in love and he was like um Padme was his his moral compass. She was uh the most important thing to him at that point and all of his choices came because of what he kept seeing 
And um, it was all because of his downfall. Like he did everything to himself, but he wanted to change it. So he just turned on everything. And then not only that, it's like, I'm not saying that Obi-Wan was a bad trainer, but he did seem to train him more like, like a father figure or like how he says you were my brother i loved you yep and like that's something you're not supposed to say as as a jedi like that itself i think goes over a lot of people's head because of the emotion that is pulled in from that scene which is a great scene and that's honestly one of the main reasons why i love that movie is that last interaction between them two before they part ways like ian mcgregor sells the hell out of that scene I'm not gonna lie. Not I to... I laughed when I was a kid at the end of Titanic when old boy smacked that propeller. It was completely not okay. <laughs> but me and my siblings laughed like when we saw that. We were like, "Yo, you saw that guy!" But that scene that that hurt me because you can put yourself into that scenario with so many people in your life, um, whether it is an actual brother or a friend that you grew up with, and like thinking of the turmoil it would put inside of you to be like dude, I loved you and you ruined this. Like you, you didn't fight this with me. And like, like I said, the word love is something a Jedi should not use. So it was almost, it wasn't just Padme that was poisoning him. It was, it was, um, Obi, Obi-Wan. He, he kind of had his, his, um, play along with that as well. So, um, we saw that with Anakin becoming, I mean, Darth, freaking vader (laughs) so uh yeah i mean it was instant like okay she's already saying he's dangerous we i saw the best of us um go this route and so i mean yeah they did a great job at teasing it and now they're kind of showing it and i mean i i'm all i'm all in on this one i I love it because it's great storylines because it's like okay do we know everything is there a saving grace for this kid or is he already gone? Is, is one step gone too far? Like, or, or can you come back? Um, so, well, I mean, I think Vader has proven that anybody can come back if they, if they truly want to, and if they have the right, I mean, he took a while though. To we don't do got so. all day. Yeah. Bro. Oh no. I know. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, it'd be really interesting to see, didn't didn't uh, die in this this series mm-hmm. in front of in front of Grogu, and to see how that affects him, because that would would cause just a massive massive just tear, and uh, he would have to have someone there to fix it. Yep. And I uh, I think that could be Cal Kestis. It could be somebody else, of course. But um, and even if Cal couldn't do it, he could be his opposite. I mean, you still need right. some type of balance. Yep. So, um, and then the dark saber. I want to bring it up very briefly, but one thing that I was thinking about: the dark saber is a is a, a Mandalorian made lightsaber. It's the mm-hmm. only of its kind. Uh, it's made. It was made by a Mandalorian turned Jedi. Um, what are your thoughts on the dark saber potentially being able to cut through Beskar? Oh, I love it. I would, I would. Think I mean, I. Oh, go ahead. My no, my my thought is is obviously we're gonna have some kind of showdown. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Uh, and Din of course has the Beskar um spear in his armor, of course. But uh, how wild would it be if if he tries to fight uh Gideon 
with the spear, with his armor, just like he did with Ahsoka, and thinking that his armor can take it because he doesn't know what the Darksaber is, and he gets an arm cut off or he gets stabbed or something because he can't predict that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it could be possible. I would, I would like to see it not, not essentially like, you know how lightsabers they'll go through anything, no resistance or anything like that. I would like to see a, a wear down, like not, sure. not like not over episodes, but in, in the conflict, like, because if it was if it worked in the ways of a lightsaber and it just cut through uh, Beskar the way it does everything else, it'd be three swipes and you're 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 done with the fight. And I I, I want right. some type of a um a longer a longer um occurrence where where they go through it and they start fighting and he realizes like this is taking a toll on my armor and then he you know you have to play that psychological game like okay what the hell do i do because he very much does rely on that beskar he he's very cowboy i'm going in cover me i'm getting shot 40 times but i'm good um he he is that type of fighter and it would be cool to see as much as we can't see the emotions on his face like we always say he does a great job uh body language wise and I think the emotions between between him looking back and forth at his armor, you know, becoming damaged to the saber and living in that moment with him of fear, like, OK, I can legit die here. Um, I think yeah. that would be really cool. But, yeah, I, I hope that it, it can damage it, because if not, you're just a walking tank. <laughs> you, there's there's no there's no stopping this man. And then we uh, we need to discuss dark troopers. We need to bring up dark troopers because that was really cool to see, and obviously it has some implications as far as what the motives are for for Moff Gideon too. Mm-hmm. Um, so dark troopers uh, were, of course, those those robot stormtroopers. Basically, we saw take the child away. Those were also a uh, deep pull from uh, games, actually. Yeah. Um, that was really, really cool to see uh, them bring them back and put them into canon. Uh, and I'll be honest, I, I was talking to uh, our boy Madison about this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they would be true robots. I think I thought they were going to be basically like a super enhanced soldier uh, inside uh, oh, the okay. armor. But seeing them full on just robots, uh, it, that was really cool. But what it also makes me think is maybe my thoughts on what they need the child for is different than what I originally thought. Cause my original idea was they need the child to Make turn people soldiers. into super soldiers, basically like force sensitive super soldiers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what all the cloning and stuff was and, and whatnot. But now that we see the, the dark troopers in action, I think that's just kind of a little side project that Gideon had and it's not the real main focal point um so now I'm kind of at a loss I don't know what he <laughs> truly needs the child for I mean could it be a thing to bring Palpatine back sure uh I hope it's not I really I really hope it's not yeah I'm tired of Palpatine I'm tired of all this Snoke stuff and uh, I want this to be something unique and fresh but um I'm curious to see what the next two episodes to go over because I think we're going to see a lot of discussion about what the actual plot for Gideon is in this next episode. 
and uh, I want to know. I just need to know what he needs the child for. Yeah, no, uh, it, it it is especially because I was going based off what you uh, what we discussed last time we talked, and the knowledge you kind of gave me from there because. Um, like you said, you were, you were assuming it was for super soldiers and that, that was kind of the route that I was going as well, because just based on like the cloning that they were working on and he needed his blood for that. And it would make the most sense. Like you want to build a better army to take out these rebels and everything like that. So you need a force sensitive child that you can do whatever with. Um, but then, like you said, they brought these guys in and I'm like, Okay, because we we thought right. we thought it was just armor, like empty armor that was waiting yep. for clones. Um, and come to find out, no, these things are fully operational. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely leaves you scratching your head, and that's that's the good thing about it because, like we said, there's only two episodes left, and we still don't know the end game. And I I, I mean, I'm sure the overall child needing him for whatever their plan is it probably won't be fully told out in this season but now it just leaves us like okay well where is the season even going so i mean everything's kind of a mystery again which is really nice um and i think that's their their best thing they do with this show is um they leave you guessing i mean i remember uh speculations happening before the release of episode one of this season and everybody was like oh well we know we're getting both our Bo-Katan was even questionable, I think, at that point. But Ahsoka Tano was confirmed. Django or Boba Fett was confirmed. Um, so people were like, oh, well, I feel this is going to happen and this and that. And nothing's even come close yep. because, like, the complete curveball that is Boba Fett wanting to help, which I loved. Like, I had the biggest grin on my face when he finally tells him, like, uh well i i think we're done here i you got your armor back and he's like which i appreciate you returning it uh to me he's like but we're not done here and like at first i was like oh man was this a like was this an act you're gonna go back to be an asshole like you're gonna be a villain no, no and yeah and then he's like we promised we would protect the child and like i was like oh my god this dude is like it's not a one-off this isn't bo-katan this isn't ahsoka tano this is this is Boba Fett running with this dude for for I'm guessing at least till the end of the season. Yep. Which is amazing. At least the end of the season. Yeah, and that's he has amazing. Cold, man. That's uh, dude, it, it was it, it caught me off guard, but in the best way possible. I mean, I I'm so excited to see more Boba Fett and to see those two working together and getting better at working together. Like we've seen this dude run with Mandalorians before, but it's so it's so off putting to him almost like, like it's nowhere even close to second nature to him. He's just, he's not used to it. He's a, he's a lone wolf. And now he's going to have multiple episodes working side by side with a seasoned Mando. So he's, I mean, it's going to be cool. I'm hoping that their uh, stunt coordinators and stuff utilize this and show growth in his, um the way he works with another mandalorian i hope that it it's not just you know wild west running gun type stuff and we start seeing them do stuff together but yeah, yeah I, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be in tight quarters for a bit because uh slave one's the only ship possible now <laughs> yeah, uh the oh. razor crest is no more which is sad because mm-hmm. that was kind of grogu in mando's home 
that yep. was what they 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 connected with on and it's just gone now but um i mean he got he got yeah, the I'm he curious. got the most main important part though he got the ball yep he got the <laughs> ball back um but uh i'm curious to see what this next episode entails i think it's going to be a lot of just uh lead up to the final episode mm-hmm. so they're going to kind of get their plan in place uh they're going to break out i think his name is mayfeld or mayfield uh oh bill burr bill burr's character. dude i'm so excited gonna, to see him back get him out of prison they're gonna uh start their plan and, and hunt down moff gideon mm-hmm. and then i think the last episode is just gonna be just non-stop it's the battle on that ship oh i hope so man but yeah I'm, I'm i'm super excited to see that bill burr got a you know he he's now a reoccurring character which is super cool yep. because i I loved him i mean i love bill burr because of his comedy his podcast he's just a very humorous guy in my book i know a lot of people find him as very raunchy and he says a lot of off the wall type stuff but i love him for that um and this wasn't that this was bill burr being a badass which was super super cool they they did with bill burr what they did with uh boba fett they made him cool so <laughs> um i i just i really enjoyed that and i'm excited to see uh some more of him especially on the ship with two mandalorians i think that's gonna be that that can make for some some humorous interactions and everything like that um yeah i agree and then uh last thing i i just wanted to uh one i wanted to touch on something that i thought was uh a really funny cool throwback and then i wanted to ask your opinion on something um for this episode so with everybody discussing luke skywalker and i know where we both stand we don't want skywalkers in this damn show um they're just everywhere let them be for for one star wars thing don't bring them in um but a lot of people are there's there's an image going around where the mandalorian's running down to help in the fight and in the background you can see the uh the light beaming off of the seeing stone and if you look in the uh the opening between the two rocks it looks like there's two figures standing there and really yeah and there's one that looks like it's you know it's it's definitely lighter it looks like it's wearing a lighter uh robe and then there's a dark figure there and i'm curious like do you think these are two overseeing jedi and sith kind of like almost like a recruiting type thing like you know getting visuals of what this thing is like who this force sensitive being is because a lot of people are saying that one of the visuals is grogu and then one is luke skywalker which i mean it kind of has some some truth to it possibly because i mean we all saw that luke can project himself we all know that he's around um like how he said in the move in the final trilogy he was finding the origin of the the jedi so i mean he was out and about anyways looking for all this stuff and if he could project himself and showcase himself there i mean why not but uh, i don't want that i really don't want that but then i i was like why does everybody assume that that second person is grogu it looks like two people are standing there um so to me it feels like it would be a sith and a jedi kind of looking at him um possible but yeah i mean what what do you what what do you think about i was wondering if you saw that or not 
if you like saw no, people talking gonna, about I'm it. I'm gonna have to look at that now after we're done with this to kind of uh, see for myself. I, I okay. had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah, check but, it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I if it if it is in fact a real thing, I mean, sure, it could be look like gas. You said one of them is a dark cloaked figure. Yeah, and see, that's that's the thing that I that I keep getting tripped up on is because people are. Um, they they keep saying one was Luke, one was Grogu, but it like they're the same height, and it just doesn't make it'd sense. Be too, it, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, even Yoda, as a full grown yeah uh, species, he's he's small. Here, um, uh, I sent I sent you a picture. Um, okay, it, it's a thumbnail of somebody who was discussing it on YouTube. But uh, did you did you get it? Oh. Yet? So yeah, and this is a zoomed in uh picture of it, but it's like yeah, it it does look like two people could be standing there, um, and there were no rocks around it. That was the thing that they keep harping is like there's no rocks around the rest of the rocks that look like that. Um, right. But to me, it it looks like somebody in white and somebody in black. It doesn't look like I mean one person. No, it looks like two. Uh, I mean, it could be. Luke typically wears darker colors to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in episode six, he's wearing black the entire time. Even his cloak is black. Yeah, and he looked um, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it, it it could be that simply that that one dark cloaked one is is Luke, and um, the other one on the left could be maybe Obi Wan discussing the possibilities with Luke, or it could be uh, Cal Kestis. It could be anybody I, yeah. I don't foresee it being a sith because they're really besides palpatine and being kind of in weird limbo there really aren't any known sith at this point that are alive oh okay that's why it's more sensitive yeah um, but I, I don't know i just i thought it was a at least an intriguing little piece that you know nerds are throwing out and that that's where i keep seeing a lot of the luke skywalker was there because it did it did make a lot of sense um, that people were, you know, pushing back to Luke because that's all I kept thinking was he didn't have to be on that planet. He's shown that he can force project himself. So um, that's the only thing that I agreed with. I hope it's not him though. I mean, I'm hoping that other people can. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little tiny bit um, against my own argument, (laughs) mind you, but uh if it is Luke, it could, as far as Luke being the one that trains him or whatever, mm-hmm. if it is the only reason why I think it would make sense is because Luke was also trained at an older age and, what, and had dark side tendencies mm-hmm. throughout episodes four, five, and six. So he would be very skilled at you know, navigating that, but on the flip side, you also see how he fails uh, with Kylo Ren mm-hmm. with the exact same issue. So, but I it, just don't. It also I makes sense though, too, because this would the timing would almost fit properly uh, with him starting to train Leia, and then she got pregnant, but he still had pupils before Ben. So I mean, this could right. be his venture, his venture into training, or even yeah, I mean, even it, like him waking up and being like, "I need to start the Jedi again." 
it could fit into things. I just really don't want them to put Skywalkers in this Same. show at all. Same. I really don't. Um, so we'll see. I, I think we're going to absolutely find out in the last episode, though. Okay. And then uh, last thing, I just wanted to bring this up to you, especially with uh, Christmas coming up and everything like that. I I really enjoyed this uh, this callback. So when uh, Gideon goes up to the kid before he passes out and he says, uh, I see you're um, using the force better. And he's like, but I also see that it makes you sleepy. And yeah. he does all that. He pulls his saber out and he, I can't remember if he says if he's seen one before or if he wants it. But he's, he, you he know. Says- I think he says that you've seen uh, something like this before. Oh, okay, yeah, and he's kind of teasing him with it, and um, so he's kind of showing off with it, and he says, uh, "You'll poke your eye out," and then he he oh. retracts it back, <laughs> and it's it, to me, yeah. I I'm I'm like a hundred, I'm ninety nine percent sure that this is what it is, and there's a reason for it. So I think it's a callback to the Red Rider or the Red Rider BB gun in a Christmas story where the quote is you'll shoot your eye out kid and um they the the whole story for you if you haven't lived under a rock you know ralphie he wants this um red rider bb gun everybody makes fun of him because he's too young and he ends up being too young and he does just that Uh, but uh the crazy thing about that is it, it just stood out too much like i was like no that's that's way too much especially with what i'm gonna tell you right now so john favaro uh, of course, the showrunner of The Mandalorian is actually really, really good friends with the actor who plays Ralphie in A Christmas Story. And his oh, name, really? Yeah, his name's uh, Peter Billingsley. And Favreau puts him in a lot of projects like uh, like James Gunn does with his brother and Michael Rooker or Adam Sandler does with his group. Like, it's always Adam Sandler's movies has the same group of friends play certain roles um so favreau is known to do stuff like that like he's shown up in iron man as the box of scraps guy who uh says well i'm not tony stark and then he reprises that role um in far from home as one of the guys who helps mysterio he's kind of he's bald on top he has the hair on the sides um and then he's in the movie elf which of course is another uh, well, which is a Christmas classic done from John Favreau, and he's yep. the elf that's in charge of Buddy, and he he tells that other elf like if he doesn't know he's human by now, I don't think he ever will. That's again mm. Ralphie, but then he shows up in other movies that he's acted in, like Couples Retreat, Four Christmases, and uh, The Breakup, which I mean it leads me to believe that he would be good friends with Vince Vaughn at this point too, seeing how like he stars in all of those as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's too on the nose to not be a you'll shoot your eye out kid callback because I mean you'll poke your eye out. It's it was it's almost like he it was unnecessary. Like he didn't even have to do that that portion. Sorry, I almost just dropped my freaking keyboard. That was terrifying. Uh but um yeah, so it like he didn't even have to throw that in there, but it was thrown in there, and that's all I heard when he said it. And then I was like, wait up he puts his dude in everything and like they're friends and stuff. So I don't know. I I'm 99% sure that that's a callback to the red rider BB gun, which I think is super cool because you know, Mandalorian is out during, especially this episode is the month of Christmas. So, um, you know, what's funny is, uh, they're making dark saber toys. Are they? 
for for Christmas purposes. Oh, okay. And uh, a, a lot of the uh, warnings to parents are, hey, this is a dangerous object. It's got a sharp point at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> so watch out for that. Um, oh, man. So it's really fitting that that's in that, that episode, too. They're doing classic uh, toy salesmanship and stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, poke your eye out. But, yeah, so I don't know. I just I thought that was uh, – it was fitting. I, I thought it was pretty cool um but yeah so for those of you that didn't know that about uh you know peter billingsley and john favreau a little bit of trivia for you that's cool yeah but i don't know it just caught my attention um other than that i think uh we covered all that we could i mean overall census of this uh this episode well i think i think we're both yeah i think we're both at that Mm. amazing top tier type stuff and if they oh, yeah. if they do go the route of a Boba Fett show, which like I said is rumored, um I I think they need to definitely pay attention to Robert Rodriguez because for six days advance to jump in and make this, if he had a year to plan an episode, I would love to see what he could do with, with Boba Fett. I I mean I would be completely content with him being in charge of that show. Cause this Absolutely. was this was great um but yeah i mean let us know what you all thought of the episode let us know um what your favorite scene was and where you stand with all of our thoughts and um you know ideas what what we see is coming what do you think is coming up next who's the jedi do you think uh that will be coming towards uh grogu i keep wanting to call him din just because i don't like grogu I still, i'm getting more used to it i'm okay with it now i mean i'm getting more used to it but it's still gonna take some time dog <laughs> i agree but yeah uh talk to us head over to uh instagram and facebook let us know where you're sitting on chapter 14 of the mandalorian other than that um yeah we'll be watching the chapter 15 this weekend and again i think we're going to aim for tuesday releases uh monday is our normal podcast uh the not your average nerds podcast with all of us and i think tuesday i'll plan on releasing the um bonus round episodes for the mandalorian until it ends and then we'll see what happens with bonus round after that but uh other than that yeah thanks everybody for listening hope you had a good time um again head over to our social media let us know what you think of our ideas in the episode in general and we will see you here next week for episode chapter that is actually chapter 15 of the mandalorian 15. two more left <laughs> i'm getting geeked i need it i'm getting sad <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wait i, I don't want to put myself through that type of sadness you know i'm gonna wait until it makes me sad <laughs> But uh, yeah, Joel, thanks, brother. This this was fun. Of course, always. I appreciate your time. Uh, but yeah, I will talk to you on Wednesday. All right. All right, man. See you guys. All right. Take care.